This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 291. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 291. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. It is getting, no, it's not getting close to the holidays. It is the holidays. Like we are fully in it. And I am recording on a very cold and very sunny day in Seattle. And this is my favorite. I love cold, sunny days. I am walking Vinny to school these days in my Uggs and my long down coat, my long puffy coat. So it's basically, I'm a walking sleeping bag. I am now sitting at my desk with a blanket wrapped around me. Like this is where I thrive. So I am loving this weather and the holiday season. And I already, I wonder if anyone else is like this. I'm already sad for when December's over. <laughs> and this is like the curse of my life that when I'm in things that I really enjoy, I just already like start the grieving process for when they're going to be over. So like when we're on vacation, if we're on vacation for seven days, by like day three, I start mourning that it's almost halfway done. And then every day, it's just like a countdown for when it's going to be over. So that's where I'm at right now. Just already sad that Christmas is almost over, even though it hasn't even gotten here yet. So 
it's kind of sad and kind of funny and definitely a little ridiculous, but I'm sure some of you can relate. So I'm really excited to do this episode. I actually bumped this episode up a week earlier. I was going to save it for next Monday. And then I thought, wait, this might be pertinent now. So I'm going to give it to you now. And the episode next week will not be holiday focused, but I think that it's important to get this one out in front of you because I think it'll really help you throughout the holidays. So I want to give you permission over the holidays to eat, to drink, and to be merry. And I think that sometimes we forget to give ourselves permission to do these things. Or when we do give ourselves permission, it's like permission with strings where we're like, well, I'm going to eat this thing, but then I'm going to like work out extra hard or we don't even think about it. And then after a couple of weeks, we're like, wow, I've just been eating so many cookies and I feel awful. Now I feel like I need to do something to reverse that. And so I want to give you permission to eat, drink, and be merry with some parameters that will help you feel really good about any damn indulgence you want. And I think this is what's key. I don't have guilt around indulging anymore, but I did for so long, for so many years. And for so much of my life, my mentality around indulgence, especially when it came to food, was always around how I could punish myself to make up for indulgences. And that's just an awful mindset to live in. And so there was a lot of like, okay, going into something thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm not going to have this thing or I'm not going to overdo it. And then I would get into a situation, I would overdo it. And then I would think, okay, I'm going to work out extra hard tomorrow to make up for overdoing it. So first of all, just from like a math standpoint, you generally can't make up for overdoing food indulgences by exercising them off. Like even if you get up and like run 10 miles, that's probably not going to quote unquote make up for or like create a calorie balance or neutral caloric intake outtake state from having a massive indulgence the day before. So let's just like get that off the table right away. Because first of all, it's a horrible thing to do to yourself mentally. And also it just doesn't work. Like It just, it doesn't work that way. Like you can consume calories way more quickly and way more easily than you can burn them off. And so the system that many women are in of, I'm just going to like eat what I want at this party, but then I'm going to exercise extra hard the next day. Like, no, no. So instead eat the things that you really enjoy. I'm going to give you some parameters that I think will really help you make choices around that that feel really good. And then exercise because you want to feel good and not exercising because you need to do 40 extra minutes because you ate four extra cookies or because you need to burn X amount of calories or anything like that. Just exercise because you just want to feel good during the holidays. You want to have more energy. You want to have like your sanity and your wits about you because I don't know about you, but like that's how I keep my mental wits about me is by exercising on a regular basis and just feeling strong in my body, like keeps me feeling way more sane and stable in every other area of my life. I'm going to talk through different areas that I want you to give yourself permission. But prior to doing that, and we're going to talk specifically about food, alcohol, and exercise. So those will kind of be our main three categories. But before we do that, I want you to identify what brings you joy during the holidays and what really stands out to you. And so we actually talked about this, I believe two episodes ago. I'm like doing math in my head right now. I believe it was two episodes ago. We talked about this around boundaries for the holidays and around you know creating your bucket list of activities that you want to do through the holidays with your family. So when you know what really brings you joy in the holidays, it becomes easier to identify where you're going to be indulgent. And so like if you know that your mom makes the best Christmas cookies in the United States of America, like then 
you shouldn't be like looking toward that with, oh my gosh, how am I going to get through it? I don't want to eat the cookies. Or, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Like I always overeat the cookies and then I feel bad. No, you should be looking forward to it. Like, oh, I get to see my mom and she's going to have her cookies and that's going to be really great. So looking at what brings you joy and identifying that early on. So there's certain events that we have in our family. There's certain traditions that I really love. And just knowing what brings me joy can be a game changer. Also, this is really enlightening. Sometimes when you look at what really brings you joy in the holidays, it's not about food and alcohol. And so the things that bring you joy might be going to a certain, you know, a play or an event. It might be spending time with your sisters and brothers. It might be watching your kids open presents on Christmas morning. And sometimes we get so caught up in things that are happening in the moment that we forget that the things that really bring us joy are time spent with certain people or in certain situations. And it's not actually like the stuffing our faces doesn't actually bring us joy. So having an indulgence here and there, you know, it might taste great. We might really enjoy it for a moment, but that doesn't need to be the whole focus. And when you can step away from that being the focus and remember that actually the things that really bring you the most joy, like for me, I'll use myself as an example, watching Vinny enjoy the holidays, like that brings me the most joy. And when I focus on that, I kind of don't care about like my aunt's Christmas cookies. My aunt makes the, like, let's just talk about who makes the best cookies in the United States of America. It's my aunt Sarah. But when I think about the other things that bring me joy in the holidays, I recognize that like the cookies, yes, they're good. I'll have a few, but I don't need to have 30 of them because that's not the thing that really brings me all the joy, right? And so I can recognize like, oh, I'm going to have a couple that's fine. No big deal. But I'm not showing up for the holidays just for those cookies. So if sometimes if you can recognize what brings you joy on a bigger scale, in a bigger framework, then you can step back from some of the things that maybe don't make you feel great after the fact. And a lot of that has to do with indulgences around food and alcohol. And so now I want to break this down into categories and talk about, let's just dive right into the food piece since I already brought it up. So I want you to recognize that you absolutely deserve to indulge in food in the holidays and indulge in food without judgment and without punishment that you have every right to just enjoy your food and to show up at events and meals and for treats, whatever, and just enjoy the heck out of them. Now that said, know what is actually a treat to you and recognize what tastes really good rather than just having anything that's within arm's reach for four weeks straight. So consider the things that you love the most. I will tell you like at Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner, stuffing is my favorite thing in the world. Either of those meals, hands down. So there's other things that I pass up because I'm like, I'm going all in on the stuffing and the gravy. There's other things where I'm like, eh, I don't really care that much about that. Like, I don't care about a roll. I don't care about, I honestly don't really care about mashed potatoes. I want like turkey, stuffing and copious amounts of gravy. So knowing what I really enjoy and identifying the foods that delight me allows me to prioritize those foods. So then I'm not just filling an entire plate for the sake of filling it. I'm filling the plate with things I really, really love and prioritizing those things. And then recognizing like, oh, these are things over here that I'm just like, eh, about. Like, I'm just not even gonna put them on my plate because I don't need just like extra filler foods. So that's how I prioritize my food and my meals for special meals. In terms of treats, recognize, like I said, my aunt makes amazing Christmas cookies. She also makes 
an amazing cake. So whenever I'm at events for our family stuff, and let's say there's three different cakes and two pies and two tables of cookies, which is probably going to happen to me three times over the holidays, I recognize like, oh, okay, Sarah's cake is here. Like that's what I'm having tonight. And I don't need to have all the other stuff then. I don't need to try everything because I know like that's my favorite thing right there. So I don't try all the things. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. I go right for the thing that I know that I love and I enjoy the heck out of that thing. And so recognizing, knowing what you really, really love and choosing those foods that delight you is a way that you can indulge in that doesn't feel gross afterwards. And what I mean by gross is not that you're judging yourself for being gross or making gross decisions, but that when you overconsume, you physically don't feel good. Like you go home and you're like, my stomach hurts. 
my pants are really tight. Like, I don't feel good. I'm climbing in bed like, oh my gosh, I wish I didn't eat so much. Like that just is not rewarding. And so recognizing that being overly full does not feel good and is not rewarding and does not delight you can help you then choose to indulge in the things that really do delight you and indulge in them in a way that you're not going to feel yucky afterwards and that you're not going to feel regret afterwards because you're really physically uncomfortable. I think that part is really, really important. Now that takes a lot of awareness and thought. And so you have to know going into something like, okay, here's what I'm walking into. How am I going to manage this? And then once you're there, you can identify like, okay, here is me managing this thing. And there will be times that can feel uncomfortable where you know, I'm not going to try 13 cookies. I'm going to go for the two cookies that I really love. When I'm looking at a table full of Christmas cookies, I'm like, okay, so where are like the ones that look the most gooey and the most chocolatey? Like, I don't need to try 13 different kinds. I don't need to try anything that's shortbread. Yes, there's shortbread that's amazing. But also I always know that I prefer chocolate and I prefer gooey things. So I'm never going to pick the shortbread, nor am I going to fill my plate with a whole bunch of things where I'm like, some of these things might just be okay. No, I'm going to just have a few of the things that I know are going to be like my things, the things that I always love, gooey chocolate things. (laughs) And so that can be really, really helpful. The next piece of this is, like I already said, stopping before you're overly full. So catch yourself, take bites of things and set the thing down. Take a bite of a cookie and set it down. Take a bite of a piece of cake and set down your fork have a drink of water, like slow yourself down and recognize when you're eating like, oh my gosh, this tastes so good. This tastes so good. And then you get a few bites in and you're like, it's not as good as the first bite anymore. And what I do in those situations that I'm like, okay, so especially like with a piece of cake, this isn't as good as the first bite anymore. I'm not ready to stop. I'm going to look at this piece of cake and I'm going to eat like all the bites on this cake that look really amazing. And then I'm going to be done. So it might be like, where are the rest of the bites that have frosting in them? And then I might just leave some of the middle of the cake right there. Now that's going to be, you know, depending on your preference, that'll be different from one person to the next, like what you think the best part is. I know when I'm eating a chocolate chip cookie, oftentimes I just eat like the middle of it. And I'm like, oh, the kind of harder outside edges, like, eh, I don't care about them. I just want the gooey middle part. So I don't feel guilty about indulging in a cookie when I'm only having the parts that I really, really love, right? And so looking at indulging in the parts that you really love, you really enjoy, indulging with them, in them without judgment, without guilt, without, you know, just keeping it super neutral or just keeping it really celebratory. Like, oh my gosh, these are the cookies I wait all year for. This is so fun. And then stopping yourself before you're overly full, stopping yourself before you're feeling really uncomfortable. Like, oh my gosh, I just had Aunt Beatrice's, you know, 18th cookie tonight. And I just feel like I have a sugar rush and then I'm going to have a sugar crash and then I'm not going to sleep well, like all those things. So really recognizing like, what is the reward? For me, the reward is in the first few bites. The reward is not 27 bites later. That's not the reward anymore. That's not the treat. That's just mindless. That's just mindless consumption. So recognize the difference between mindless consumption and actual like delightful indulgence. Those are good terms to use. Delightful indulgence versus mindful consumption. So now let's talk about the alcohol piece. It's not that different than the food piece, but I know for some people, again, going back to this idea of delightful indulgence versus mindless consumption, we can often fall into mindless consumption with alcohol because we're just sitting there sipping, chatting, and like you lose track of things pretty easily. And so with alcohol, I want you to think about 
What are the drinks that you really enjoy? And think about how do you want to feel the next day? Recognize how does your temperament change with alcohol, especially if you're with family. So if you know that like you tend to get heated, emotional, whatever, after like three drinks, then have two drinks, have two and a half drinks. Like don't go for that full third drink recognize how alcohol impacts you and recognize how it impacts the rest of your life. So I know for me, I do not sleep well if I have more than two drinks and especially if I drink after dinner. So I could actually have like three drinks before dinner, which is not wise on an empty stomach. I don't recommend it. But if I end with food, I'm good. But if I have like a meal and then two or three drinks, I'm a mess. Like I'm not like a drunken mess, but I do not sleep well at all. And then I end up with a lot of anxiety all through the night. And then I'm exhausted and feel awful the next day, which feels very unfair because it's basically like, I feel like I have a massive hangover, but I was never even drunk if I just had two drinks. So really consider with alcohol, how it impacts you and how that feels and how rewarding it truly is. Because we often view alcohol as like this big reward and like, I'm going all in like Saturday night's my big drinking night. And like, it's actually not that rewarding at a certain point. And especially if you have little kids and you have to show up for them the next day, like there is nothing worse than hangover parenting, right? It's awful. And I've only done it a couple times. And like, I mean, all it took was a couple times for me to be like, we are not doing this anymore. Like mommy is too old. And so really recognizing the difference again with alcohol between delightful indulgence and mindless consumption. I know for me, like two drinks and I'm good. I also get like way more sassy after two drinks and I talk a lot, which I think I'm going to assume it's not always fun for everyone else. <laughs> I have a lot of good stories and they just get way better to me after two drinks. They're longer with more details. And I, I mean, I just don't think everyone needs that. <laughs> so I recognize like two drinks is a good max for me and preferably like early in the evening, which my husband loves this because it makes me a great designated driver. Like, let me have my two drinks from like five to seven. And then we stay out until like 10 or 11. And I'm just sipping club soda the rest of the night. <laughs> but like for me, I just recognize the delightful indulgence or where the reward in the indulgence is and where it's just mindless or I'm doing it just because like everyone else is having another drink right now. So I guess I will too, or because they have a special holiday cocktail. So I should just keep drinking the special holiday cocktail, which by the way is another thing I don't do. I don't do like when we go to parties, I'm not like, Oh, they have this like special mixed drink. I'm just going to do that. People are going to say that I'm a total control freak and I will not argue with you, but I drink what I know and what I can monitor and police. And so I will drink like two glasses of wine or two vodka sodas, but I'm not big into like, or like if I have a cocktail, like a mixed drink besides a vodka soda, I'll have like one maybe, but I'm not into like just drinking out of a punch bowl and not knowing what it is and not knowing like how strong it is and all that kind of stuff. It's just, I like to know, <laughs> I like to know what I'm having. I like to know, like be able to control if I'm going to be hung over the next day, all those kinds of things again. And for me, that's where the reward and the delight is, is that I can self-monitor all these things. Now, I know there's people who are not control freaks who are like, wow, you sound like you're not fun at all. And that's fine because I know for me, 
what feels good and what doesn't. And that's going to be different for everyone. And so there's going to be some of you who listen to this and you're like, I'm going all out at the company holiday party and we're getting an overnight babysitter and we're getting a hotel room and blah, blah, blah. And like, by all means, do that. If that's what feels really good to you and that's what creates delight and joy for you, do that. I will tell you for me that like, even if we were to get a hotel room and stay somewhere overnight, I still probably wouldn't have more than two, maybe three drinks because I wouldn't sleep. So you have to identify again, what brings you joy? What brings you delight? What feels really good for you? And what do you want to deal with the next day? Like, what do you want the ramifications to be? And what are you most comfortable with? Because I don't want my holiday season to be all about just having this cycle of indulgence and then feeling like crap. Like the indulgence crap hamster wheel doesn't feel good. That's not rewarding for me. I don't get to the end of a holiday season of doing that and think like, wow, that was so fun. I get to the end and I'm like, oh my God, like I need to do like a massive detox and that doesn't feel good. So you have to know where those lines are for you. Recognize some of the ways that you can mitigate some of the alcohol indulgence, especially the mindless consumption, is to alternate alcoholic drinks with non-alcoholic drinks. And so I often will do this with club soda. So, and my husband now just knows, like when we're out at bars or whatever, like he knows, like I'll have a drink and then I'll have a club soda. And then I might have one more drink. I might not. Like that's just how I roll. And I think when I, I go through phases and the people I think always just think I'm drinking vodka soda. So whatever, like no one knows. And I actually, I should say Kelly Heron, who was on the show earlier this year. So she's a recovering alcoholic. And she actually came on the show to talk about when she was attacked and there was an attempted sexual assault on her. And she came on the show to talk about that. She did talk a little bit in that context around like how her recovery from alcohol helped her in her recovery from this assault. It was one of my favorite episodes of the year. The reason I bring this up is that she posted on social media the other day, this really great post about how to manage people's expectations around alcohol over the holidays, especially if you're a sober person. And so it was a really thoughtful post. I thought it was really great. If you want to, I'm sure it's on, you can find it on her Facebook page. I think she has a public profile at Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, Heron, H-E-R-R-O-N. And so she talked about like what you can do to provide non-alcoholic options for sober friends. And also like it's no one's business what's in your glass, which was a big takeaway for me because sometimes I feel a little self-conscious when I'm like, just going to be over here drinking my club soda. And you know what? It's no one's business. Like it's totally no one's business if you don't want to be on having like 17 drinks in a night. So that's my one trick is alternating your drinks with non-alcoholic drinks. Also, you don't have to stick around every single event until the very end. And so my husband and I have gotten way better about not being the last man standing. Now, I've always been up for not being the last man standing, but I can tell you my husband loves to be the last man standing. And so when we were dating and even early on in our marriage, like I'd be like, I'm leaving. You can take a cab home whenever you're ready because like mama needs to go to bed. That novelty is worn off for him because of parenting. But don't be afraid to leave while things are still good. Leave while you still have your wits about you. Leave while it's you're still in a phase of delightful indulgence versus mindless consumption. Like recognize where you're switching and being like, okay, now I'm just eating and drinking for the sake of eating and drinking. It's really not that fun anymore. I've had conversations with all the people I want to have conversations with. I can leave now and call this a great night and still have a great day tomorrow. So that I think is a really powerful shift as well when you can 
manage both sides of that, I think that feels really, really good. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters, and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're aiming more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. So the next thing I want to talk about is exercise. So exercising over the holidays should be to maintain your energy and your sanity, not as a punishment for food and alcohol consumption. And also exercising can be your opportunity for space and grace. And so I know a lot of moms would agree with me that working out is an escape from parenting. And so when you're like, I'm going to go work out every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m., you're getting out of parenting for an hour. Like there is nothing bad about that, right? So when I talk about exercise and working out for space and grace or working out for your sanity, it's because you get some space from parenting. It gives you some time just to focus on yourself, to listen to great music, listen to a podcast. Maybe you're listening to this right now while you're working out. And that gives you time that's just for you. And that feels good. It also will boost your energy and help manage your stress hormones. And that feels good. So that's why you should be working out over the holidays. Not because you're thinking about what you ate yesterday or what you're planning on eating later today. 
So get really clear on using exercise as a tool versus a punishment and honoring it as a privilege versus a punishment. I know last week I fell down my stairs at 6 a.m., going down the stairs in the dark to turn on the coffee maker, and I landed pretty hard on my right arm, and I also pulled my left arm as I tried to brace myself against the stair railing, and I landed really hard on my like right butt cheek. Luckily, there was enough cushioning there, but what was funny is I was like, you know, I could be really annoyed. Like This is the worst start to the day ever, falling down the stairs. It literally sounded like our house had, like, had had an earthquake. My husband was like, what in the world just happened? And my arm was killing me. Like I skinned the underside, like the bone. It's like, you know, the shin of your arm, that bone on the underside of the lower part of your arm. It's like, I don't know what it's called. Actually, it's either your radius or your ulna. But anyways, oh my gosh, I like skinned it. Oh, right along the edge of a step. It just doesn't, did not feel good. But I immediately was like, you know what though? Because my arm took the brunt of the fall, I can still go running today. <laughs> and I was laughing that like, who is thankful for falling down the stairs at 6 a.m.? And I did an Instagram story about it. I was like, this is what gratitude practice will do for you. Like you fall down the stairs and you only hurt your arm. So you're grateful that you can still go running. But that's the thing about exercise is for me, exercise is all about this privilege of like, oh, wait, I can do this. Like there's people who can't do this. There's been times in my life when I can't do this. So I'm just going to be grateful as heck any day that I can. If I can get up and go running and it's not raining or my legs aren't hurting me, my hip isn't hurting my knees don't hurt. Like I'm going to be super grateful. And I can tell you now when I'm traveling over the holidays, if I get to go running in new places or work out in new places, especially over where it's sunny at my mom's house, it's often really sunny and beautiful this time of year. Like I'm going to be super, super grateful to do that. And I'm going to embrace that piece of it and love that part. I'm not going to be thinking about like, okay, if I go running and I run for 30 minutes and I'm going to burn 340 calories, which means that I can have two extra cookies. Like, no, no, no. I did that for like 20 years. That is an awful way to live. So not doing that anymore. Okay. So lastly, what I want you to think about over the holidays for the next few weeks, I want you to think about prioritizing sleep, hydration, regular movement or exercise, whatever that means for you and ProPro. So ProPro stands for protein and produce. As you're prioritizing those things, sleep, hydration, regular movement and protein and produce, you will have room for other things and let those things fit in where they might. Let yourself have that delightful indulgence of the cookies, the drinks, the staying up a little later, the going to the parties, like those, let yourself do all those things, but keep your cornerstones of sleep, hydration, regular movement, and protein and produce top of mind most of the time. And you're not going to have ill effects from the times when you are indulgent, the times when you do have more sugar, more, you know, junk, more alcohol and those kinds of things. Okay. So super, super important that when you opt to indulge, you give yourself permission to enjoy every moment guilt-free without judgment and without punishment. I want you to be really, really aware of that. Indulge in ways that feel good to you. Indulge in ways that provide delight and be really mindful of mindless consumption. All right. I hope this was helpful to you. Share this episode out. A lot of mamas need to hear this. A lot of us really struggle over the holidays with our long-term relationships with food and alcohol and how to manage our thoughts around that in our head and our self-talk around that. So please do share this out to other mamas who might need a little support around how to give themselves permission to eat, drink, and be merry this holiday season. 
Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here, and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.